previously on AFTN. Uh, and they do have some guys to replace. Like, did they re- really replace Garza? No. They have a young guy, don't no. they? Oh, Brick Shea. Oh, yeah, oh. Brick. Who gave an interesting interview with The Athletic this week, I believe. I haven't read it because I can't get access to it. But from the quotes that were put out, criticised Robbo for not really wanting to play football. It's like, it's not my fault that we didn't want to play football. Otherwise, I would have scored those open goals. But he, he played at Stoke for years. He, exactly. he hasn't been playing football for ages. He, he no. wasn't able to do it on a Tuesday night in wet Stoke. Yeah, he wasn't able to do it any day in Stoke. No. Hi, hi, campers, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful, British Columbia. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pender. And it's just a pair of us this week. Yep. Zach wanted to come in. I said, no, you're not coming in. He threw his hands up and said, I am coming in. We had a little bit of to and fro. Yeah. But unlike Sari, I got my way. Yeah. <laughs> and Zach stayed at home. Yeah. Well, it wasn't his fault. It was... Uh, no, a bit of car trouble. Yeah. You had car trouble. I've got car trouble as well. You had to pick me up. So things come in threes. So let's hope we get home in one piece with exactly. your car. But we've got a patch show coming up for you. We didn't want to miss out this week. A lot coming up for you, in fact, this week. We're going to bring you a lot of Whitecaps, MLS and Canadian Premier League chat. Also got a couple of really good interviews that we did yesterday with Mark DeSantos and Freddie Montero. Looking forward to the season to come. And it's one week to go, can you believe it? Less than a week to go now, Steve, until the, the new MLS season kicks kicks off. How would you describe your level of excitement if you were to express it as a fruit, I would say um, I'm going to say a banana, only because it's not spectacular. Uh, you don't want to give your hopes up a little bit. You don't. You, you're not sure what you're going to get, but you know it's going to be something. And a lot of people could maybe slip up along the way. Exactly. As well. yeah. yeah. I I was thinking dragon fruit, because like the white caps, nobody really knows what it is. It looks exotic and exciting, but who can tell? There's a lot of unanswered questions about the Whitecaps as we head into the 2019 MLS season. Pre-season games are now done and dusted. Last of those came Saturday night down in LA. 1-0 loss to LAFC. There was no stream. 
from highlights and sort of tweets that we saw and from what MDS said post-game, it seemed that the, the first half was a bit of a struggle. They kind of settled down a little bit to, to get things going in the second half, but went down to a 1-0 loss, meaning a winless pre-season. Carlos Vela scored with his right foot, making PC not look too great in the process, although... No, he just came on. Yeah, and in, in fairness to PC, he'd been on the pitch just for minutes after Brett Levi's got injured, had to go off. Levi's, we don't know yet what exactly... At first they thought it was possibly a hamstring strain, then they were talking about maybe a muscular problem. So we don't know whether it's a long-term thing, whether it's a short-term thing, if he's even going to be out at all. Maybe it's just a, a, a one-game thing, but... A little bit worrying. It is concerning because yeah. of his injury history, but and the fact that he was never able to finish games, and this was really a bad thing where he couldn't even finish the first ten minutes. Yeah, and th- things were looking up for Brett. I mean, things did look a, a lot, lot better for him. So we wish him well. We hope it's not a, a, a bad injury. PC came on without being warmed up. Just was thrown right in the action and was kind of turned a little bit inside out by Vela. So can't maybe read too too much into that Levi's went off with a a possible injury afterwards MDS has kind of hinted that he's he's not maybe overly happy at just having those two players as the left back options and if Levi's is out definitely not happy just having the one player so we have to assume there's maybe a, a new left back coming somewhere along the way but is 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 that left back going to come now or later on? Because it seems like he was search set. might be on now. Yeah, might be. I mean, it did seem like he was, he was going to be set. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that anyway. We we threw a question out on Twitter. If you could ask Mark Santos just one question heading into next week's season opener, what would it be? CTV Ryan Ryan McLeod and Talasker both raised concerns about that left back position. So it it has felt. That that is possibly the weakest link from from the the white caps depth chart if you look at it right now. Yeah, oh, it was kind of the weakest part going even with Levi's fully healthy. In a way, I think it's gotten weaker because of the fact that PC's not a natural left back. He's a left back in what the uh, Santos wants as a left back, an attacking one, but he's not a natural one. So. And we saw, you know, obviously Vela was, uh, he gave up the goal to Vela, but the rest of the game, it wasn't too bad, it seems like, because they, they didn't let a goal after that. Um, so we'll, it's maybe it's a thing where he was just wasn't ready to come on uh, when he came on and it just it got away from him. Possibly. But five preseason matches, two draws, three defeats, two goals for, six goals against. I think it's pretty fair to say that preseason wasn't ideal. How much stock we can put into any of those games, considering the late arrival of key players, the fact there was a bunch of development guys in Hawaii, stuff like that. I I don't know. I I, I don't think we can read too much into what happened at all. It's hard to say because like there have been times when they played really well in the preseason, and then it ends up being uh, shambles during the season. So yeah, that's it, true. It, it's 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 hard to tell. Uh, it could be that it's just going to be a work in progress and they just haven't got that final touch. Chemistry, like we said before, is the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, the worst thing, case scenario for me is that if they're not able to get results, they're not able to get goals, does that hurt the confidence of the team and they keep second-guessing themselves as the season goes on? Yeah. We're, over the next little bit, we're going to look at the, the lack of goals. We're going to look at 
the fact they have worked a lot on the defensive side of things and Marty Santos is very honest and says that the, the offensive game is not where it, he wants it to be, partly due to those late arrivals. There's probably not too many people that are really, really happy with, with how the preseason has gone. How has it prepared us for the start of the season? Well, we've got a chance to ask Mark DeSantos a, a few of those things and, and a lot more besides. In a chat that I had with him on Saturday night, we're going to bring you that interview in two parts. Part one coming up now and then part two will bring you in in part three of tonight's show just discussing just how pre-season has gone and, and how the team is looking as we run up to first kick so here's Mark DeSantos I, I guess just to start that, that's the pre-season match is over how are you feeling about the team now going into to first kick next weekend? Look, do I feel that we, we needed a little bit maybe more time uh, in our preparation and, and in preseason? Yes, I do, of course, because we have we had a lot of players just arriving in the last week of preseason, like uh, Kimiri, uh, Inbom, Ardaiz, uh, Godoy arrived limit. Uh, right now, and and Freddie, Freddie just arrived Thursday night. He trained Friday, and he got 45 minutes today. So, do I feel that maybe another week would be ideal? Yes, but at the end of the day, uh, I think that we have to we have to go. We 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 understand that there was a, a big change in the roster, and um, and uh, we're excited to get started right now. You talked about this a, a little bit before you headed off to, to LA about, you, you were kind of surprised that the, the group had bought into the system and bought into the process so, so so quickly. From what you've seen so far, has it kind of exceeded your expectations? Yeah, yeah, I'm very happy with that. Uh, we played the three very difficult exhibition games, you know, playing the LA Galaxy at Stubbub, playing LAFC at Bank of California, playing a club like Tijuana, um, we tied 0-0 with the Galaxy. We tied 1-1 with Tijuana. We we lost 1-0 today against LAFC. So we were very close in every single game. Uh, we were able to, to, to connect the guys together. We were able to uh, to start the, pretty much the process with the, the, the roster that would be the closest one to the MLS. So am I, am I pleased with everything that's been done? Yes, of course that I'm I'm a competitor and I want to win all the time, but um, I like to go back and, and be realistic and see, okay, where we're at today uh, with, with, with the amount of changes and the, the players that just arrived now, I'm, I'm, I'm quite surprised and pleased in the direction that we're going. Talking about being realistic... It's. I mean, obviously, a lot can happen in in MLS, and games are unpredictable. But it it does feel that it's probably still going to be another few weeks before the guys have maybe fully meshed, and you've got who you really see as your your starters in the lineup. H- how long do you think it will take before you've got a team that's really up and running and playing the way that you want with the, the personnel that you want? Yeah, it's fair. Your question is very fair, but for me to to 
be able and if you would put yourself in my in my in my position for me to to give you a a, a benchmark a, a date yeah. a time would be very uh, immature from my part or uh, something that I'm not able to do right now but I could tell you this was I excited to 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 have a guy like Eric Godoy playing 30 minutes against Tijuana and another 30 minutes today and at a very good level uh, to have uh, in bomb playing the first 30 minutes against LAFC and did very, very well in the 30 minutes he came in to finally have Freddy playing 45 minutes to have Venuto that played against Tijuana his first minutes and now uh, or against the, the Galaxy his first minutes and now Tijuana and again a little bit against LAFC that, that's for me what's important, and now we have to, to, to keep that group together and keep working going forward. Look, even if it's a new group, even if it's uh, uh, new players that arrived at very diff- uh, different dates, I'm still very, very confident that in the locker room we have what it takes to, to show up on March 2nd. Talking about uh, a couple of those recent arrivals, and this is the first chance I've had a chance to speak to you since Freddie arrived. Mm-hmm. What what is it about Freddie Montero that that he was the guy that you decided you wanted to to be your main striker this year? Yeah, no, it's not only about Freddie; it's about also Joaquin Ardaiz. Uh Everything is connected. Um, uh, we knew we wanted to bring Ardais in. A uh, young player with a lot of potential, and then we said, if Ardais is coming in, the other forward cannot be a forward that is also young and a forward that doesn't know the league. So then, when we thought about Freddie and the opportunity of Freddie coming in, and Freddie he wanted to come back, Freddie Freddie wanted to play for this team. Then we said, okay, now we have Joaquin Ardais, a young player with a great upside. A player that could grow in the club, and 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 now we're bringing Freddie Montero to that is an older player compared with Joaquin. Is a player that knows the league. Is a player that knows the club. So the mix between Ardais and and Montero that's what makes it interesting for us. I I spoke to to Freddie this morning, and I I asked him about. The Portuguese season's been ongoing since about August, and then he's coming here. The season's potentially going to run until November if the team goes far. Do you have a concern? He didn't have any, but do you have any concerns at all that he might need a bit of a rest at some point over the season? Because that's over a full yeah. year. Yeah, we th- we thought about that, but that's why why Ardais is here also, right? right yeah, I, I I think it's impossible for a forward today in the MLS that it's a little bit more condensed. I'll give you an example. In the March and the month of May, we have seven games. Uh, it's impossible for one number nine to take care of all the business. What I, how I see it, I, I, that's why I have such a rough time isolating players and just thinking or talking about one player. I have to think in the full picture and when I look at Montero, I also look at Ardais, I also look at uh, Jordi, Las, Lucas, and then I say, okay, with these five players, with Theo Bear being still a player in development that could grow, with, e- with these players, we have to have enough 
that tactically we adapt to to uh, to to confront all these months uh, with a lot of games. So I would be concerned, to be honest with you, if we would be talking about Freddie Montero playing 90 minutes every game during the season. Then yes, there would be a little bit of a concern on my side. But now when I look at what Joaquin Ardaiz could bring, what Lucas last Jordi could bring. Well, it reassures me much more. So uh, that's why I don't think Freddie has to be concerned with that. Part one there of our chat with Mark Santos that we had on Saturday night. It was a late one, ten fifteen. We ended up speaking to Mark. We were both quite awake for that. I think yeah, it was quite good. Know. You probably had a cappuccino or something like probably. that. Probably. I've got to say, now, I know Carl Robinson, some folk liked him, some folk didn't. With Robbo and with Mark DeSantos, we've been very fortunate here in Vancouver in that we've had two coaches that are prepared to, to sit down, not just with us, but I mean, we've been really lucky we've been able to sit down with these guys and have really lengthy chats, but two coaches that are prepared to sit and go into detail. Yeah. We talked about the chalk talk that, that DeSantis did with, with media just before they headed off to, to LA. It's great to have these guys that actually want to, to sit and talk about football and share their knowledge and help grow the game. And Robbo did the same thing. Yeah, like, and it wasn't as part of their job, but it's like it's great to have had these two coaches that do that. Yeah, and Robbo's wasn't as advertised as yeah. it was with the chalk talk yeah. and everything everybody knew about that. But Robbo had a lot of lengthy discussions with media off yeah. record, just explaining things that he was doing and stuff yeah. like that as well. So I think we have been very fortunate here with, with these coaches that, that we've had. There's a lot of pressure on Mark DeSantos. A lot of people think he's like the chosen one and they're expecting him to to do wonders and, and work wonders with the team. And it's... a I mean, it, we we might be surprised. The the reason why he's got he's got a track record. Yeah, but those are at lower leagues. Although the I think I think the most impressive one out of all of them probably the Brazilian one, the U fifteen championship. Yeah, one. did so well there. Yeah, so I, th- I think though what he did with San Francisco as well was fantastic to to win a but, championship with a brand new expansion team. But he wasn't called like I don't know I can't remember what he was called by the Brazilian people. Uh, that were against him coaching like donkeyers. I can't remember what they call it. I, it was something like that, like a, a, a Canadian, uh, and then something derogatory. Oh, I, 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 he told us that too. That they, that they weren't very happy with the fact that he was coaching in Brazil. Yeah, I mean, we, I might be wrong, and it might be a faster start to the season than than I'm thinking. But I kind I kind of disagree with you there. I think it's going to be a slow start. Yeah, I do think it's going to be a slow start, but they build up. Like there's been a lot of teams that have slow starts and then build up into. Oh yeah, like, and I think MLS has shown over the last couple of seasons. Yeah. it doesn't necessarily matter how much you do early on. It's yeah. like, can you finish strong and get those points? That, you to need get over. You need that long spurt of like magic where you have a, a yeah. multiple wins in a and row. Ultimately, you just have to get into the postseason and then. It's a whole different ballgame after that. But how patient will the fans in Vancouver be if this does take a, a few weeks to mesh, maybe even a couple of months to, to fully mesh? Oh, a couple of months, the, the patience will run out at that point. Even in the first few weeks, even if I think even if they're, they're, they win a couple of games in the first three, four weeks, there'll still be grumbling going on. 
Well, you people, can't already seeing some yeah, nobody, online. No, nobody wants to trust it because it's, they've fallen for it before. True. Like True. last year was supposed to be the greatest team ever assembled. In Whitecaps, yeah. you remember that one? In the, the Alfonso Davies money is also kind of like a weight around their neck because yeah. everyone's expecting them to go and hit the ground running because they've got all this money to spend. And it doesn't look like this money has been spent yet because so many of these are loan deals. Yeah, I think eventually they will get spent, but uh, uh, have, like, it's, it's all, uh, obvious to most people that summer is the best time to buy. Like way more availability, maybe, maybe way more availability. It might not be for the actual team because you're in the middle of the season. Yeah, but it is for if you want quality, it is the best time to buy. As I said, we've already seen some grumbles on Twitter and the Southside's forum. I mean, it, there are some genuine concerns though, and one of them we, we alluded to earlier in the show is the scoring aspect of the side or the lack of it. Yeah. The two goals that we've had have both been by defenders, David Norman and PC. So we haven't seen our attackers it fully flowing, but we also haven't really seen our attackers because it's only been forty-five minutes basically. Yeah. Montero and Ardais just arrived. Ardais, Ardais just arrived on Thursday. Huang arrived as well. They Montero and Huang and Bohm, however you want to to refer to him have had limited minutes. Montero started against LAFC. Huang came on at the, the 62nd minute mark. Yeah. So we haven't seen a lot of these players, RDEs as well. We're going to bring you the second part of Mark DeSantis in part three, but we're going to talk to Freddie Montero next. And there is a lot of pressure on Freddie Montero to perform. He knows that. He's ready for that. Let's see what he had to say after the break. Hi, I'm Cal Valentine. You're listening to the AFTN Podcast. Monkeys for Pete's sake. That was a, a song that was used in the, the closing credits of the second season of The Monkeys. Yeah. So one of their most heard songs, really, if you, for, if you think about for it. For Pete's sake is the name of the song. Too. Yes. Yeah, you should. I should say it. Yeah. yeah. For Pete's sake, written by Peter the Tork. late Peter Tork. Yeah. Died this week, sadly, aged 77. Had suffered from a rare cancer okay. since 2009. Oh, but so he it, kept going through yeah, it. Yeah, so I kind of this was complications from it. It, it seems to have been. I think he's toured s- since then too. Oh, yeah, so he, he was touring during the whole thing. I yeah. saw him two years ago here in Vancouver at the P and E. Yeah, him and Mickey Dolans, and it was great. They still they belted out the songs. It was a fantastic, fantastic show up at the P and E. Yeah, I know you're a big Monkeys fan. I've always loved the Monkeys. 
I've I've watched their show like I, I like I, when I was younger. Like I watched it probably later than you because I didn't watch it when originally it was on. I watched it either. I've watched the reruns. Oh, did you? Not okay. Sixties. No. I wasn't born. Well, I thought it came on in the seventies. No, this oh, was okay. like two seasons in the sixties. Oh, okay, then I don't remember that. I watched it in the eighties uh, when it was on Much Music. Ah. Uh, when Much Music played mostly music, but they would show the monkeys regularly. I've got the, t- the two seasons on DVD. I really need to, to dig those out and start start watching that again. That song was written by Peter Tork. Yeah. Didn't didn't sing that. He didn't sing a lot of the songs. There was no, a I have I have a song coming yeah. up that will be be one of his. So that that will be a good one. Yeah, this one was Mickey Dolan's. I think Dolan's and and Michael are the last ones, right? Yes, they it's, are. He's still, yeah, yeah. David Jones died a couple of years yeah. ago. He died when I was dying in Orlando for the Mickey Mouse tournament oh. in 2012. Okay. So I, I always remember that because we got back to the hotel and it was on the TV and I was like, no. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting older. We are. Vancouver's own little cheeky monkey, though, Freddie Montero. He's back. He saw his first action in a Whitecaps jersey since that playoff loss in Seattle in 2017. And it's been all changed since then. Because yeah. I had a look at the starting lineup and the starting game day 11. I think we mentioned this last week. Only two players, Jordy Reyna, Jake Norwinski. Yeah. They're the only ones still around from that game day 18 and that, that Seattle loss. Oh, wow. So it's a whole new environment for Montero that he's coming into. He played the first half against LAFC last night. MDRS said after the game, it was more about giving him the run out, getting some fitness, just getting him out on the pitch yeah. more than what he did. Yeah. Doesn't sound like he had a lot of service or a lot of things to do, but he only joined up with the team on Thursday, as did Ardaiz. That's far from ideal, and I know we've talked about this before, we've talked about this tonight, but it's true. It isn't ideal. It hasn't been a great preseason preparation. Now, we've, we've seen him get this run out. He's about to, to tell us that he's fully fit and ready to go, and we play an interview with, with him shortly. Do you see him getting the start against Minnesota, or is that too big if, a risk? If they started him against LAFC... And played him forty five minutes. I don't see why they couldn't start him. Play him maybe maybe sixty minutes through. See how he is during training this yeah. week, and then maybe even move Reina up front. Yeah, for the last or maybe our our days. Ardiz, if, yeah. if if he's ready to go, he maybe he can play twenty minutes or something. You never know. So it is a possibility uh, that they they can see him play more. He hasn't played much since November. We talked about that last week. He'd had a, a couple of injuries on and off because we talked about the. The, the weird thing on transfer market that said it was a slight ligament break or something. Yeah. Um, so I asked Freddie about that and a few other things. Got a, a chance to, to speak with Freddie on Saturday morning down in LA. He's super excited to be back. He's fit, ready to go. Here's what he had to say. First thing, really, to, to ask you, you Freddie, when did you first learn that Vancouver were, were wanting to bring you back over here? Well, my agent, uh, I would say my agent told me that uh, at the beginning of January, told me that he may be an interest from Vancouver. And uh, yeah, uh, I heard the news and then I 
didn't want to push anything. I knew I still have six more months of contract with Sporting. And, uh, yeah, my, I told him, like, okay, keep working on whatever you're talking to and then let me know when something really close come up. And that's it. So you you didn't really have any any plans to to leave sporting then at, at this time, had they had they offered you anything or had they talked about what was going to happen after your your contract was up there? Um, I have one more year option, actually two more years option by the club, but we didn't talk about that until uh, until the day that I. I, I I get the news from from my agent. So for me, it was like, uh, should should I wait? Because I don't know, maybe they are waiting to finish the season and see what's going to happen. And uh, I didn't want to wait that long. And yeah, uh, I mean, Vancouver is a city that I know. My family feels comfortable here. We love the city. We love our year here. And uh, uh, yeah, (laughs) it wasn't that difficult to, to keep up and talking and asking questions about uh, this opportunity that, that was coming up with Vancouver. Now, the, the time you, you spent in Vancouver, you, you had your best ever MLS season here. The, the, you've obviously, you've played a lot of games with sport and you've played in the Europa League, you've done well there. What are you hoping to, to bring back to MLS this third time around? here the last time obviously it was just a, a one-year loan and things didn't happen that were able to to keep you here but now you've got a two-year deal how important was that for you to have a, a little bit of stability at least this time around yes yes you're right this time it wasn't about the money uh two-year deal of which uh, i'm thankful to Vancouver wake up uh organization for for giving me that opportunity to come back and, and two years are going to give me a stability. Uh, my family and I were looking for, for that and uh, obviously I'm happy to get it. it it's going to be uh, a fun year, I'm pretty sure, with the new strategy, new coach, a new uh, objective and, and trying to, as I said before, win a trophy uh, in Canada, try to make the playoff and keep advancing because that's what we're looking for. We're working hard on that. Now, you're coming into a team where there's not a lot of striking options. They've, we've got the young Theo Bear and we've got uh, Joachim Ardez that, that's come in. For, I know you've just arrived, but, but from what you've seen, do, do you feel that 
that firepower is enough to to carry the, the white caps or do you feel there might be extra pressure on you now to, to kind of perform because there isn't a lot of other options there? Yeah, the extra pressure or or whatever is coming up to me, I'm, I'm ready uh, to face it. Uh, I know that I can help the team. And uh, I believe that the players that are here, all of them are competing for one spot. And when you have competition in a team, you know that everybody's going to be always in, in the 100% in training. And in the game, it's going to be more easy when, when you have these um, teammates that are always pushing you, you know. And <laughs> if you play this game, you know that you, you need to continue showing that into practice to get your spot for the next game. And that's what the coach is trying to uh, do. And that's the message that I get when, when I just first arrived here, the competition. Obviously, yeah. I mean, you, you had been playing over in Portugal, but you had, uh, according to one of the websites, you had a, a slight injury towards the, the end of the year, start of this year. Do you have any concerns coming into the season, coming into the camp so late, or are you fully fit and, and ready to go right now? Yeah, um, you see that the uh, Portuguese league is, is halfway, and obviously I, I got the injury that, that slowed me down, and I had to be out for days first and then I, I and I was out for another 10 days and I've been fully training the past three weeks so that that's not 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 worrying me I know that within a week or so I'm gonna be ready to help the team I believe that we're gonna start the season the best that we can and of course um, we need to believe in the process it's gonna be a long year we're gonna have to play a lot of games Talking about it being a long year for for you yourself as well, because obviously the the season started back around August at, over in Portugal, and then you're going to be playing non-stop really for for over a season going through to October or November in MLS. Your body ready for that? <laughs> yeah, if if my body's not ready, I'm gonna make it ready. <laughs> so I I know what is coming. I know that. Uh, especially playing uh, uh, middle-week games, it's going to be tough. But I, I trust in, in the group of uh, trainers. I trust in the medical staff that are going to um, do anything in, in their power to have us comfortable and, and being 100% for every game. And also, uh, the games uh, are going to be managed by the coach, and he knows uh, what players are available and what players are going to be playing like continuous game during the week but I mean at this point uh, we don't know we don't know if the season is going to start maybe in, in three four months we're going to start seeing that but at the moment I, I just want to tell you that I'm happy to be back and I'm excited to start the season. When you were here in 2017 the, the kind of system that Carl Robinson played it, it didn't fully suit your style of game but yet you performed so well and, and you had such a fantastic season Mark DeSantos has come in, he's got the new process, he's got the, the new systems and tactics. His style of play seems to suit you absolutely fantastically. Is that one of the things that that made you really want to come back, seeing what Mark DeSantos wants to do with this team? Yes, that, 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 that was one of the things. When, when I spoke to the coach before I 
I was uh, making any decision uh, which motivated me to uh, even push harder to come back to uh, Vancouver. I think the style that he is trying to uh, show or he's trying to establish here in, in, in Vancouver Whitecaps, it's, it's a Portuguese style, which I know perfectly. And I know that I can do that well. I play under 30-something games in, in Sporting. I scored 46 goals, so I know that I'm ready. And hopefully all of these, uh, I know the team has like four or five weeks uh, of of training together, but uh, uh, the most important is uh, March 2nd when we start the season, and then uh, that's a game for three points. So at the moment it's just to uh, try to know my teammates. But uh, in the season, it's going to be different. It's going to be uh, battling, fighting for, for a spot in the team and, and trying to win the games. Uh, just the very last thing, I just wanted to ask you about the, the coffee shop that you you opened with some, some friends in Seattle. What, what was behind that? What what made you decide to, to go into the, to that business? And do you have any plans of opening one in Vancouver now? <laughs> well, it's a, it's, it's a perfect match. We have very good friends, which they are coffee lovers as well. My wife, uh, I had the opportunity to meet, to meet her in Seattle, and, uh, and I think uh, uh, the project that we're doing is bringing the coffee from Colombia. And uh, yeah, uh, I would love to prove the concept that we we have in mind in Seattle, and then if if obviously everything goes well, uh, we're gonna be open for uh, any project, future project here in Vancouver. Why not? We'd love to. That's great. Good luck with that. Good luck back at the White Caps and thanks for your time this morning, Freddie. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck. Talk to you soon. The sounds of Blur there with Coffee and TV. And the, the intro song was another one by Madness, our oh. artist of the month from January. Drip Fed Fred. Okay. This seems perfect that, for him. That does work. But, yes, Coffee and TV. Frey Montero there talking about his, his coffee shop that he is opening in Seattle with some friends. I hope he opens one here. I'm a big coffee fan. Yeah, you can make it a Whitecaps theme too if you yes, want Yes, I, I I've been working on... Pitching some ideas to him. Have some Whitecaps-themed coffee. Yeah. Obviously, he's going to have lots of Colombian beans. He's talking about Well, he about said that. he's importing yes. from Colombia, yeah. Now, if Zach was here, I'm pretty sure he would go for a coffee just called the Colombian. Yeah. It's like made for Freddie just to bring out a Colombian coffee. Or a Freddie F. And Montero special coffee roast, something yeah. like that. But there's so many things he could do if he wanted to. Obviously, white cappuccino, that's the obvious one. Yeah. A flat white cap in honour of those two games against Seattle in the playoffs in 2017, <laughs> the, the last two matches that he played here. Mick Mathiato. That works. That's definitely one. And everyone, go, like, you know you get a French press. Everyone, all the trendy hipster coffee yeah. shops have that. I think we should have a Portuguese press. Yeah, because the, the press is the system. Yes, because that's part. obviously how we're going to be, be playing. Yeah. Current players could get on board as well. Jasser Kamiri, he could have a special Turkish coffee. Johnny Risi, he could have a Spanish latte. But, I mean, some old guys as well. Bring bring Christian Teixeira back. Have a Christian Teixeira espresso. 
Small, lively, goes down well. <laughs> Eric Cortado. I mean, that's made to uh, one for that as well. Yeah. Gershon Coffee. That was an obvious yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I have a couple too. Uh, uh, if you're not into coffee too much, you can always have a Russell Tebert. Oh, yes. That would um, be a nice one. You can have a cup of Joe Cannon. Oh, nice. Uh, Robusto. Oh. Rob, Robo. Busto. Oh, I, think, I thought, thought Marco Bustos. No, I think Robo. Oh. So Robusto. <laughs> Robo is bust. <laughs> um, or uh, a Mo- Mocantero. Mocantero. Fetty Montero. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I just tried to stretch it a little. <laughs> that works. Yeah. If you've got any other white cats related coffee ones, let us know. Send us a tweet at AFT in Canada. We'll maybe include it. Might even do a special starting at 11. We haven't done one of those for a while. It's white caps a... coffee starting at 11. Or MLS coffee, too. Yeah. I've done one of those before, I think. Oh, it you? seems to ring a bell. Anyway, back to what he actually said. He, he's excited to be back. He talked about the stability of having that two-year deal. It's not about the money this time. He wanted that stability. He wants to win a championship here. And he he knows he's one of the the elder statesmen, if you like, in the squad. And I think he's going to really thrive in that role. I I agree too. I think uh, it's basically his team. And I know uh, MDS has a certain view of what a captain is. I don't know. I can't remember if Montero fits that role or not. But he would be a good candidate. I at think least, he would be. At least initially until yeah. they figure out what they, they what they actually want from a captain. Or Johnny Risi, his English is coming along. Yeah. Uh, he, I, I, like an, I like a midfielder to be a captain. Yeah, because they, they can get all They're over. almost the field general, yeah. if you think. I and mean, he is another, yeah. another elder statesman off, off the squad as well. So, I mean, he, he would be good as well. We talked there, though, the Portuguese season. Montero has been playing since August. He did have that little bit of injury, so at least he has had a bit of a break during kind of December and January. Yeah. But going August to hopefully November, if the Whitecaps make the postseason, we don't know how far, but are you any concerns that he might burn himself out? I do have concerns, um, uh, only because we have uh, recent memory, uh, recent information about uh, uh, Pedro Morales, because he kind of was in the similar situation yeah. where he started the season in in Spain, I think? Yeah. Yeah, he started the season that, in Spain. that's the thing... You get these guys that come over mid-European season, yeah. then you're asking them and, to play a full MLS season. And it's not even about the number of games you play. Be- because even if you're like not playing that many minutes or you're injured or something, you're still in football mode because you're around the training and everything. You don't get to get away. And th- I think that's, that, that can uh, uh, strain somebody as much as just playing all the time too. Because you're always in the football mode, you're, it's always on your mind and yeah. everything like that. It can it, you need sometimes you need a, a week or two and break or a month or two. Games are going to come thick and fast. MDS yeah. talked about the seven games in May, for example. Yeah. But this is why you have got Joaquin Ardes, and MDS has talked very highly about him. And I think this isn't going to be another Anthony Blondell situation. We're going to actually see Ardes. Yeah. On the pitch, we're going to so. see him. Integrated a lot earlier, minutes off the bench, giving Freddie a bit of a rest. See, the big difference between Blondell and RDS is RDS has already hit bottom. Uh, Blondell hit bottom last year because he thought he was going to just jump in and, and score goals yeah. for the Whitecaps. He maybe took it a little too uh, lightly, the amount of work it would take. And he's hit bottom. Now he's gone off, and so he's kind of trying to rebound. We got what Blondell's trying to do with RDS because he kind of 
flattened out, and yeah, now he's trying to rebound here. Yeah, his career kind of plateaued a little yeah, exactly. bit, so he's trying so, to build himself up. And he has way more uh, of a ceiling yeah. I mean, than, he, he than looks, He looks a great prospect. Yeah. What, you like the neck tattoos? I I love I love that whole look. His outfit was like yeah, all, 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 like his shoes. I wasn't sure if he had platforms on his shoes or something to make him look taller. I thought he was a wrestler. Yeah, he looked he looked rough. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like he'd fit into Ring of Honor or AEW or yeah. something like that. Goals are clearly a concern though. Two in the preseason, as we talked about, they were both from defenders. As we heard, MDS just told us that they haven't had a, a chance to work on the stuff that they would have liked offensively. They've had at least a couple of days together in LA, and you're going to have this week here in the build-up to the home opener. It does feel, though, that it's maybe going to be a, a slog initially. I, I, We're going to play some exciting football, especially at home. I just think fans maybe need to temper those expectations. I can't see these goals flowing fast and furious during March. And I hope I'm wrong, but I, I do feel March is going to be a tougher slog than anyone really wants, but I think we have to be realistic about that. Yeah, because I think the only two goals that came, come from, uh, uh, like we said, uh, David Norman and yeah, PC, PC, who are both considered defenders at this point. So the maybe they're saving up all their goals for the regular season. Maybe. Let's hope so. And I hope we're wrong, and we have to eat our words and we're sitting top of the West come the end of March. But we're going to get back to chatting with the second part of our Mark DeSantis interview as he gets ready for that first kick opener against Minnesota. And we'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. I just get a bit fidgety times Thumbs twiddle in the middle of a fun fair High jinks to break up the so-so Me thinks we need a little ho-ho-ho Go! Earl's Court, a bag of rivets for the goon at the entrance Straightways, the floor gets slippery Eyes glaze and Bobby's getting jittery Don't tease him, it don't please him What's that you want me to appease him? How so, sir? With Tetris? Not possible, didn't bring the game ball Talk from luncheon to the ideal home show Once in a while, I need these childish kicks Half Man, Half Biscuit are Artists of the Month for February, sadly their last song of the month. But don't worry, they will feature in Wavelength in, in future months to come. I'm sure they'll make a return yeah. of the film yes. Artist of the Month. Yeah, oh. Possibly. So many songs I could have picked. But I went with Took Problem Chimp to the Ideal Home Show from their CSI Ambleside album. Nothing to do with Ambleside in, in West Van. I just always wanted a pet chimp when I was a kid. Or, or an orangutan. I, I love orangutans as yeah. well. Yeah, well, that's good. That's why I married Caitlin. It's a red hair. Oh. <laughs> but you are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. Back for part three. Back for part two of our Mark DeSantos chat. No need to do too much introduction for that. Let's hand it off to MDS. As you mentioned, Inbom got his his first minutes today against LAFC. I I know you've not had a lot of time to, to look at him in the camp yet, but... What have you seen from him in just these these first couple of days? 
Yeah, you know, it, what I've seen from him is what I've seen in the games that I watched and what I've seen in the national team. He just confirms the type of player he is. He's very gifted technically. Uh, he finds spaces. He finds passes that very few midfielders in MLS are going to find. Um, he's very different uh, when it comes to his dynamics, for his first touch, his last pass. Uh, Vancouver has to be very, very proud that we got a player like him bomb. Now, defensively, the, the team... It's given up a few goals, but it's certainly it's looked quite solid defensively. I mean, the the first game, I know you had two different lineups out there, but since then, it's like very few goals given up. But, yeah, no, when you look at why for me it's not a benchmark. It's unfair to yeah. to judge the team with a why because it's, there were so many development squad players in it and so many changes. Um, people have to judge the team since we, we started arriving in L.A. So against the Galaxy 0-0, against Tijuana, we conceded a goal and a free kick. So in the run of play, we didn't concede. It was really in a direct free kick. Then uh, against uh, LAFC today, uh, Brett Levi's gets injured. Uh, he comes out. PC didn't have time to warm up because it was an emergency uh, sub. He got to come in right away, and then the first play is involved. He's in a 1v1 situation with Carlos Vela that scored. So uh, in three games here in L.A., playing at Stubba, playing at Bank of California, only conceding two goals and showing in, in big parts uh, being solid defensively, uh, that's true. That is a very good sign. Now, of course, we didn't have time to, to work on offensive dynamics, uh, be a little bit more in some things that I don't like uh, offensively. Sometimes we're, we're taking too much time on the ball. There's too much dribble, too much 1v1 happening. We could release the ball quicker. Uh, but again, you know, players like Lucas just arrived now. Freddy arrived on Thursday night. Ardais arrived on Thursday night. You're talking about all offensive players that only trained Friday. So we need to grow there, and we're aware of that, and we're not going to hide from that. Uh, but, but, but I'm happy with, with our, our becoming solid defensively. It's a start. It's a, it's a platform towards, towards growing as a team. The Western Conference this year, how are you seeing it shaping out? Who do you feel are, are going to be the the main title contenders in the West or do you think it's wide open? Because a lot of the teams that maybe didn't make the playoffs last year have made some quite big additions. Yeah, yeah, it's a very tough division. Uh, LAFC, teams like LAFC, LA Galaxy, Sporting Kansas City, Portland that reached the final last year, Seattle that won the MLS Cup uh, three years ago are always going to be teams in the mix. Um, but we, we don't hide, and we're not shy about admit, admitting uh, our objectives. We, we, we have to admit them, and we don't want to be shy about them because that's what holds us uh, accountable. We want to be in the top seven at the end of the season. So where is that going to be? We don't know. Uh, is it going to be seventh, third, first? We don't know. 
but uh, we're working uh, towards trying to be in the top seven at the end of the uh, of the season. Uh, just the last thing, and I'm not meaning this in a kind of oh, what what kind of result are you expecting? But what are you expecting from next week? Like from a personal level, how how is it going to feel leading a team out in in MLS for the first time? Yeah, I'm not even thinking about leading the uh, team in MLS. To be very honest with you, I'm I'm thinking about leading leading the Vancouver Whitecaps on March second. Um, what what shocked me in a good and positive way is how the people uh, love this club. You know, Vancouver likes the club. Uh, the people want the club to do well. Uh, they're behind the club. Um, it's it's just good to every game. I have an average of twenty thousand people supporting us, and I feel a big load of responsibility towards that. So, um, more more than just leading it. MLS team uh, on March 2nd. I'm, I'm just excited to lead uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps. It's a it's a big opportunity. You know, I've I've been enough in North American soccer to to understand the type of pressure and the type of of commitment that I see from fans or even from media. I think uh, media in Canada in soccer, like Montreal, Toronto, or even Vancouver are more passionate and I don't know how you want to write this out but it's just comparing with what I saw in LA or comparing with what I saw in Kansas City um, and and I feel that responsibility so 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 I'm just proud to more check and to have the opportunity to to lead a team like uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps that's great thank you so much for your time tonight Mark have a safe no, Safe trip home, and I'll I'll see you at training next week. Yes, take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Mark. Bye. Nightcap with a white cap there. Yeah, later night. Yeah, Mark Mark De Santos. Lot of good stuff from him in in the chats that we've had there. In this part, like. We, we looked at the, the attack in part two. So I want to look a little bit at, at the defence now f- for the rest of this part and just how the, the team is sitting going into the first kick this coming weekend. The defence is kind of looking solid at least. If you kind of take the Hawaiian trip out of it, which she which does want us to do, and focus on those LA games, because yeah. he, he feels the Hawaiian trip, without saying it, Basically, if you read between the lines of that and other interviews he's done, it wasn't his choice to go. It was already pre-booked. Yeah. Not saying it was a complete waste of time, but... I think I think he feel, probably feels that the travel was unnecessary. Like, yeah. if he, he could do the same stuff here, yeah. although he would have... I don't know how much training the, the he would have got with the, with the weather the way it was. Yeah. I mean, you can't get into BC Place because they've got all the trade shows. So yeah. I mean, there's, there's stuff like that as well. But if you do just focus on the three LA games, it was a nil-nil draw with the Galaxy... A 1-0 draw with Tijuana, and their goal came off a free kick. And a 1-0 loss to LAFC, which really came about after the Levi's injury. So two goals given up. Only one scored, but two goals given up. So the defence, at least... I I talked about my concern that we hadn't seen a massive overhaul of the defence that I would maybe have liked. Yeah. Considering 
how we performed last year, and then two of the new additions are from an even worse defence in Orlando, but it feels tighter, it just feels a bit better. Whether that is down to the better midfield players in front of them, or just a better understanding, but it's tough to to know until we see it in a real competitive situation. It just, it feels a little bit better than last year. It does, but... uh and I agree with you. The, the I think it's mostly the midfield. If you improve the midfield and they're helping out the the defense, I think you're better off. And they know their roles now. Now that left back doesn't have to is not going to be worrying about the left winger coming back to help him out. He'll, he'll get help from the midfielder instead. So I think that helps. I do think that it looks solid. But like we said with our attack, the Whitecaps attack, they're not getting the chemistry. Maybe the the other teams aren't don't have the same chemistry as well yet. And so you have to be uh, cautious about saying that they look solid right now because, you, like you said, once it gets competitive, yeah. once people get more... No, oh, it's a whole whole different thing. A whole different thing on, on And some teams just click, and when it's a season opener, your yeah. adrenaline's running through. The, the team that we saw out to start that LAFC game was probably the team that were, you would have expected to see start against Minnesota. Obviously, the Brett Levi's injuries maybe throwing a little bit of a spanner into the work there. But I think it, that probably is going to be our starting eleven if Montero is good to go. Yep. What that means is it looks like Zach McMath has won the goalkeeping battle. He seemed to have produced a number of top saves in that LAFC game as well. I have a feeling we might need him to, to do the same against Minnesota and the, the likes of Dar- Darwin Quintero next Saturday. But it, it does look like right now McMath is a number one. Yeah, look, I think I think like we said, in, he's got the experience of MLS. He, oh, while he hasn't played very much, he still has been with an MLS yeah. team. He knows the players and everything. I think Crepo could eventually overtake him. Uh, I think he might. Yeah, eventually once he gets his feet wet and because he spent all last year in USL. So yeah, yeah. So if you look at the back line that's played a lot of these preseason games, it looks like it's going to be McMath. Norwinsky, Henry, Cornelius and probably Gyro now to start the season off whilst the, the other ones kind of find their feet. Big surprise this week, which I hadn't seen anywhere, was that Jasser Kamiri had a meniscus tear. Yeah, no, I didn't know about that either. It and wasn't like, reported wow, anywhere. That, yeah. That's a risk signing a player that is well, A, and tested at this level yeah. and has a really serious injury. But they got the medical reports. They, their yeah. doctors have seen it. They know. They'll tell them exactly where they are. Um, uh, like normally, these kind of things are listed on the transfer market website. Mm. Like, and it wasn't listed for no. him. But he was a brand new, almost like a unknown player for them as well. Yeah, so. very true. There wasn't a lot really anywhere online on him. But the center of defense, it looks like it's going to be Henry and Cornelius to start. Godoy got some minutes against Tijuana, got a couple of minutes against LAFC as well. He, I expect to take the starting role. Over one of them, yeah. But if Cornelius starts the season strongly with Henry, they've got that chemistry, they've got that understanding. I mean, you might end up just going with those two and then yeah. just Godoy will come in when there's absences for international games or, or whatever. So although Hawaii does feel, to a large extent, a bit of a waste of time, we saw some guys from the development thing get minutes, we got a look at them, yep. S- some performed better than others, M- maybe some didn't want you to have a look at them, but at least on the defensive side, they've had some chemistry. That back five, th- they've had time together, they've built an understanding, a lot of work, Zach McMath referred to when 
he was back in Vancouver before they went to LA. They've worked hard to get that chemistry going and to build out of the back. Yeah, and the so communication and everything. That's a solid base from if nothing else. I understand. So that's yeah. a positive looking and going into next week. And that's the biggest thing is when a backline and the goalkeeper can work together, it makes a big difference and if it's on the same page. Like last year, you had. I think they were okay, but then uh, then the Marinovic injury happened, and then hmm. it kind of put everything off of kilter a little. Yeah, and you had Kendall going away in the summer for a big yeah. chunk for the World Cup and, and stuff like that as well. A couple of other concerns, if, if you look at that going into the season as a whole, it's it's quite a short team. Last year, it kind of felt like the team of giants. This year is a lot of shorter players. A lot of shorter and players. Everybody that, looks like Chichera. Yeah. Especially up front. At least they're a little bit bigger. I'm yeah. going to feel really tall at training. It's going to be great. But MDS kind of referred this a little bit when he had his chalk talk, that defending set pieces could be a bit of a challenge. And that's a challenge that they have to find a way around. Because yeah. obviously if there's a lot of balls coming out of the box, you have to deal with that. And if you've got short players, it's not always ideal to deal with that. Last year, we had Kai Kamara coming back to help out. This year, you've got Freddie Montero up there who's not going to be as menacing a threat in, in the box to, to clear these headers. The goal we gave up against Tijuana was from a free kick. Yep. So set pieces, defending corners, free kicks could be a, a little bit of a concern. Equally though, I think at the other end, I don't think we're going to be as dominant off set pieces as we, we had during the Robo era. There doesn't really seem a lot of guys, maybe Cornelius and Henry's your 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 guys, but apart from that, I don't think we're going to get a lot of high balls put into the box. No, I agree with that. Uh, I think they're going to have to do like a lot of short corners, um, a lot of sh- shiftiness up front. So I think I think we're going to have to see how they they act. My one concern is the zonal marking mm. on defense. Also, not had a. Uh, time to work too much on offensive dynamics as Mark DeSantis said there now can that be done in a week should we be expecting more of the same in, in this home opener there's so many questions going into this what are you expecting from Saturday's game against Minnesota for me I'll, I'd be happy to come out of that with a draw I think if we get anything more than a draw definitely you want to win your home games but I'm not going into it hopeful, so I think that's good because if I've got low expectations, I'm hoping I leave with those vastly exceeded. Yeah, my because he says he wants to go all out on on home games. Yeah, and I don't know how that's they a can, worry for me right now because I feel like if they do that, they'll leave themselves open for like counterattacks or uh, the you're opposition. You're playing a team there. with. The, as I said, they like the Quintero in there, so I mean that's going to be a bit of a concern. So yeah, so I, I, if they can if they can deal with that, then I have no problem with it. But it'd be interesting to see where they, where they because you also got Montero who's up top, and like we said, we're not sure how many minutes he'll be able yeah. to play. Do you really want to have him pressing all over the place? And because the thing, if he goes off, you move Reina up to the striker, then you're probably then you're bringing really Venuto short. on, and then Venuto also hasn't had a lot of time preseason yeah. either. Or you bring our days on, who hasn't had time either. It's a very young squad that we have. The average age is 24.8. Transfer market kind of listed like comparisons for age and money that was spent and all these things. So our average age of 24.8 is the fourth youngest in MLS. 
Dallas is the youngest at 24.1, so we're not even too far off that. Yeah, that's, mm. it makes sense for them. And we're going into the home opener now against the oldest squad in MLS, Minnesota, at 27.2, although Aussie Alonso obviously takes them up quick. <laughs> Cincinnati's second. That was surprising to 26.9. Is their average age? They have added a lot of veterans. Then you've got the Galaxy and the Sounders just behind it at twenty six point eight. I actually am surprised the Galaxy is not older than that. They just feel like a, an old squad always. They probably they fill out their bottom of their roster with really young yeah. players, probably uh, roster uh, academy players. Now a young squad can have a good impact. It can have a bad impact. You've got possibly so much energy and pace and just enthusiasm to to burn. But at the same time, you've got maybe some inexperienced factors. But but then we've got guys like Henry, who's young, but has eight years experience. Exactly. Tybert, who's young, has nine years experience. Even Cornelius, is, uh, he's 21, and I think he's been in pro for six years or yeah. five years or something so like that. So I don't that. know how much age really plays into it. You also got to uh, think, like, how, like, I know you did the whole roster, but... How, how old is the starting 11? Well, that's the thing That's well. the thing, yeah. right? Because that, you, that we age. have got some experienced guys in there. You've got Arise, you've yeah. got Martins, you've got Montero. So that's taking that, that up a bit. PC as well. Well, yeah. no, PC's, PC's young. But I mean, those, those three guys is going to bring that Rose, up. Rose, I think, is over 24. He's 26 Yeah, Rose is a bit older as yeah. well. Another aspect that Transfer Market did is they... Now, you can take some of the stuff in Transfer Market in terms of squad value and player value and transfer market value, with a little bit of pinch of salt, because in MLS, it kinda, it's a bit different, yeah. because we don't operate like a lot of the rest of the world. But transfer market put together, looking at MLS salary and squad value comparison. This might not surprise people. The Whitecaps were ranked dead last in terms of the squad value. The 26 players at a total market value of 14.63 million euros. Yeah. Doesn't not sound great. a lot, especially when you look that Atlanta was 59.25 million euros. That's a big, big difference. 45 million euros difference. Yeah, but the, the like, I, I think that's what MDS is trying to do. He's trying to get people on the low and build them up into and something hopefully bigger. That's what value. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially like the younger guys. Yeah. At the end of the day, and I've said this before, it, it would be nice to have big money players come, guys that you know from around the league. It doesn't guarantee success. And you can have one big buck guy come in that gets injured early and then you've lost that big bucks guy. Often when you bring in a one or two high paid players and the rest are and it can sometimes affect a little bit of chemistry in the squad yep. you've got the likes of LA they brought in Zlatan last season they didn't make the playoffs it doesn't guarantee success we still may or may not have a designated player role to fill we don't know what's happened with Freddie Montero it hasn't been confirmed I think ahead of the roster to, freeze March 1st is March the 1st the day freeze. before yeah Montero might be a DP he might be a TAM player if he isn't a DP, frees up a, a designated player spot, Do you, I, I can't see it getting filled right now. No. Do you feel we could make a big splash for a DP in the summer? I think so. I, I think like What position will. would that be then? I think I, uh, I think I mentioned it last week. I think it's going to be like a, a guy who can play striker and wing. Um, basically, Johnny Russell. Yeah, that, that would be an example of somebody. Uh, like somebody that can... 
st- uh, play like kind of rotate in and out of the three. I think that's what he really wants. I think the wing would probably be the most important because if you got Montero and Ardiaz, well, I don't know how long Ardiaz is going to be here, but Montero for sure. And then you don't really want to upset that middle kind of area. Yeah, but you want you you kind of want him as cover too for the striker positions because. It, once if something happens to the top two, then you got Bear as your third, and you don't really want that. And no. I, I know Reina's played as a false nine, but I don't. I prefer not that be. So I'd rather have somebody that can actually be that sec, like the striker up top, and then maybe shift off to the wing once in a while. I mean, right now heading into first kick, this is what I feel is, is our full strength start starting eleven. Yeah, McMath and goal backline of Nerwinski, Cornelius, Henry, and. PC now if we're looking at 4-3-3 you're looking at Erise as the 6 with Huang I don't think he's going to start no but like, oh, no, but like yes. full strength yes, like yes. if everyone's ready to go and yeah. like everyone's up to their full levels Huang and Martins as in, in that 3 midfield with Reyna out left or right Probably Venuto over Bangura, but that's a toss-up. That's a toss-up, yeah. And then Montero up front. It, it doesn't seem anyone else really pushing to get into that. Well, I think they will rotate. I don't. I agree oh, they with will you there. Rotate, yeah. But that would be my full strength. Yeah, thing starting eleven. If if you had to put everybody out yeah. there in one game, win it all. No, I agree with you there. There's not very much uh, leeway. I do see like maybe possibly depending on who they're playing. Maybe a Tiber comes in for Felipe. Uh, but I, I like uh, Hoang and, and Irisi as being the main two. My only issue is, though, Irisi doesn't really have any cover at this point. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure how much they trust the young guys, Norman. I, I guess you could have Rose there. But I don't know how dynamic I, and I don't think creative Rose really, he is. I don't think Rose fits that no. role, though. Hoang can play there. You could yes, also true. put that's Martins back there, but it didn't, no, work, not out, I think, didn't work out great. I think you want Hoang there more than, than you want yeah. Martins. And then if you do that, then you could put uh, Felipe and... Uh, and uh, Tybert up top, if yeah. you want. Yeah. And Tybert is has had his injuries this preseason as well, so he's kind of lost a bit I, of a step. As I don't well. think I don't think he's going to be ready for the opener. Either. No, I don't think no. so. But that's all our Whitecaps chat for tonight's show. We're going to round this section off, but we're we're having another double wavelength. Last week we paid tribute to Gordon Banks, who had died. That was unexpected. I hadn't planned that because obviously no one knew he was going to die. But we had planned for this for tonight's episode. Tonight is the anniversary of Bobby Moore's death. Now, despite him being English, he is a West Ham legend. I'm a West Ham supporter. He did fantastic stuff for both West Ham and England. One one of the saddest things in football for me, England winning the 1966 World Cup. But he did help West Ham win the 64 FA Cup and then win the Cup Winners' Cup as well in 65. So The glory days. West Ham legend. So we're going to have two songs, two wavelength songs in the show tonight to, to celebrate Bobby Moore on the anniversary of his death. This one is from 1983 from a band called Serious Drinking. And this is Bobby Moore Was Innocent. In introducing this record, I would like to start first by stressing the qualities needed to be a good player. Let's do it. 
Honesty, dedication and enthusiasm are the three main things necessary to be a good player. These three qualities are absolutely necessary. Serious drinking there. They've featured in Wavelength before. From 1983 in their album The Revolution Starts at Closing Time. That was Bobby Moore was innocent. Now, what was he innocent of? He was accused of stealing a bracelet, some jewellery, in Bogota in Colombia. And folk thought, did he steal it? Was he set up? Was it just they're trying to throw England off their game there? He was never charged in the end, and that song was just citing that they believe he was fully innocent about it. Yeah, so it's basically just to mess, up, mess with him to see if they could get advantage. Most probably. Let's hope so anyway. But that was a great song by, by Serious Drinking. We've got another Bobby Moore tribute song coming up in part five. But we will be back with part four, our MLS News of the Week, and our Canadian Premier, New, Premier League News of the Week after this. Hey, I'm Brett Levi's, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. She knows her mind, all right, your auntie Griselda. She says she knows my kind, she might maybe so. Oh yeah, she's raised you right, your auntie Griselda. You only know the things she wants you to know. She's having a fit She doesn't like me a bit No bird of grace ever lit On Auntie Griselda You can't begrudge her style Your Auntie Griselda She couldn't but just smile And do it for free Auntie Griselda, the monkeys, vocals from the late, great Peter Tork, who sadly passed away last week, age 77. So many great monkey songs. Some of my favourites. I I love Not Your Stepping Stone. Yeah, I like that one. That's always been a, a I, I seem to... Uh, there's a Michael Nesmith one. I uh, what am I doing here? Yes, I think it's that's what am called. I doing hanging around? Uh, yeah, that's it. Yes. I, I do like that one. Uh, I like a lot of Mickey Dolan songs. Yeah, he he really had good a, vocals. Yeah, and then Davy Jones had the you know Daydream Believer. Yeah, that was a good one. I love Head. Yeah, I'm sure you do. The movie. Some really underrated songs in that. The Porpoise song is absolutely fantastic. If I ever decide to throw myself off a bridge. I think I'll have that in playing in my Walkman or something, the Porpoise song. Yeah. Because in the, the movie... I think they jumped off, right? Yeah. It's jumping yeah. off, off a bridge. But, yeah, just a few good songs in that uh, that just folk don't really talk about too much because it, it's a very, very weird, weird film. I like the... It's known as Long Title. Let's get to our MLS News of the Week. Don Garber. Now, we talked about Don Garber last week. He's just been extended to 2023 as MLS commissioner. He had a very interesting chat with Grant Wall at SI.com. 
excellent questions and follow-up questions from from Grant as well. He didn't let him get get away with was with it stuff. A, was it audio? Or, I didn't get. A it chance. was both. Okay. It was like a podcast, and then they did a slightly written thing written as part. well. Yeah. But there, there was a lot of of questions. One one of the things which they talked about was the ambition of owners. Yeah. And Don Garber was trying to say all the owners are the same. They all have the same ambition. They want to, to, to spend money and win an MLS. And Grant Wall was not letting that go. And he's like, there's no way you're telling me teams like Atlanta are on the same level as teams like, say, New England. I know. That, that's true. Yeah. Like, I, Obviously, like, New England's owners are going uh, to have other their issues. money for, yeah. for other things right now. <laughs> Six Super Bowl rings and a prostitution ring, I think, was, yeah. was what Well, the... I don't think he's... I think it's a misdemeanor, so it's not that major of a, a charge at oh. this point. So, uh, But I agree with you there that there's no way you can... Even it's like, for example, obviously this year it might be different, but Columbus wasn't that high spending. No. Um, FC Dallas seems to be selling off people now or trading... FC Dallas, I genuinely think, are in trouble this year. Yeah. They... I mean, we've looked at some of this in our extra podcast. Part two of our, our Western Conference thing is coming out this week for all the, the extra podcast subscribers. We love you all. Thank you so much for that. But looking at some of the additions the teams have made, some of them have made very few additions. And you're looking at them, and it doesn't seem like much improvement at all. No. RSL, I think, are going to be in trouble. Dallas are a team I think is going to be in trouble. But the thing is, we don't... Like, maybe these some of their signings aren't as flashy, but, like, the Whitecaps, but they're getting guys that are on an upswing... Maybe that's what the whole model is going to towards MLS. The the haves will buy the the uh, the the most expensive player, and the have-nots will buy those players that are kind of got that potential, and they could sell them off or something like that. Mm. Maybe that's the model that everybody like. There'll be two different models in MLS now. Maybe definitely recommend listening though to that chat that Grant Wall had with Garber. One of the other interesting things that came out of it was about the CBA, which we've talked about before. We talked about last week. Yeah. Like Garber seems to feel that the players understand what the league are going to be wanting to do and says they've got a good relationship with the players and the players all buy into it. And Grant Wall said, are you going to go basically pleading poverty to them again? Yeah. He just came out and said that. Now, I hope the players aren't viewing things like that because they were ripped off with that last CBA. It wasn't a. It wasn't a. The problem it was is great is, for the older guys. Yeah, no, even the older guys. Like we we talked about, like some of those guys became free agents, but they couldn't actually sign big yeah, contracts because like they Kai had Kamara, to, There's no yeah. point in him taking the free agency deal because he could get more by by getting out. traded. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and so. I I, th- I think I, even for them it wasn't that great. I I don't know who it was even good for. Uh, the only the pockets of the owners, obviously. Yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah. Uh, talking about ambition, as we were with the owners there, one man who's very ambitious, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, he said this week that he will break every MLS record this season. He scored against Colorado on Saturday in their last preseason match, but the Galaxy still went down three-one after Kai Kamara got a goal and two from Diego Rubio. So even if he breaks the records, he still have to keep the I'm, ball out the net. I'm assuming saying goal scoring records, right? He just said every MLS yeah. record. Well, so he play goal and play get clean sheets or something. Hey, this is Latin. He can do anything. <laughs> I, I'm sure it was pretty much tongue in cheek, but he said that's what he's, he's promising the LA faithful for this year. So that's going to be exciting to watch. If he doesn't turn up to places like BC Place, though, to play in the turf pitch, 
How's he going to break these records? It's going to be difficult. Maybe that's going to guarantee that he's coming. There's about four or five pitches that are like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and a lot of them are like in the in the West as well. Yep. So you've got Portland, you've got Seattle, you've got here. If he doesn't go to those games, that's possibly not only going to affect his record breaking, but it's going to affect the Galaxy's playoff hopes. Oh, but they still have three DPs even if he doesn't show up. Oh, that's true. <laughs> They'll probably end up with five, so yeah. it's going to be okay. Talking to Seattle, Garth Lagerway warned Seattle fans this week not to expect, in his words, a splashy third DP level signing to go with Ladero and Rui Diaz. He did say, though, that their third DP would basically be their highest paid non-DP player, so their TAM guy. Yeah. That's the Whitecaps way. We did that. You could have argued we could have had about eight DPs last year if we hadn't bought all these guys down true. With, with Tam. So it's basically going to be a guy that might be over around 1.5, but they're not going to buy him down, so he's going to be, be actually mm. a DP, yeah. I don't know how the Seattle faithful will take that, though, especially if they have a, a bit of a struggling start. They haven't made any big flashy additions either. They've got Jordan Morris, though, coming back. That's kind of an addition, yeah. And it's going to feel like a new signing to them. I don't know. That's an interesting one with them. You feel they've got the quality that they can be maybe a top four team. Equally, I could see them get a bad start and struggling to, to make the top seven. So we'll see how that plays out as well. Out East, we talked about him last week, but Nani is now official. Left Sporting on a free... And and the thing is, I thought I saw somewhere that they weren't going to let Montero and Nanny go at the same time. Yeah, but, but now yeah, it's happened. Did. Yeah, both on free transfers. Nanny, I thought he was older than he than he than he is, uh, but I, I still don't think he's going to. It's going to be difficult. I th- I think he's got quality for MLS level, but I don't think I think he's going to he's going to break down as the season goes on more than Montero because Montero knows how this league works. Yeah, travel different kind of pitches, different kind of environments. I think his best days are behind him. This is maybe another example, we talked about this last week, of Orlando spending money, trying to buy themselves into the playoffs, and it didn't work last year. And if things go tits up with Nani, I don't know that they've got the rest of the players around him that can lift this team well, in, into the playoffs. Definitely not. they got Dwyer, I guess, but other mm. than that, it's not very much. Now, one player that has come back to MLS, a former Whitecap, Kakuta Mani. He talked about having other MLS offers, but he decided to go to Cincinnati because of Alan Koch. He said he was a man who knows what he's about, what he can do, that he feels can that he can lift the best out of him and get the best out of his game. I, I hope so, because... Part of me thinks this is maybe the last chance saloon for Manny in MLS, but then another part of me thinks he's kind of got this golden boy image, yeah. like Breck Shea, and teams all keep giving him chances over and over. I think he's, he'll be MLS for a, a long time. I think this is the last chance if he wants to ever go overseas. Uh, yeah, he said he said the Swiss club didn't want to let him go, but yeah. at the same time, he said things weren't going great for him there. I wonder what are the other teams were that wanted him. I, I I think Vancouver might have looked into him. They might have kicked some tires. I, I don't know. No? I I just don't Cause think... Because he kind of fit into that speedy winger. Like we always said, Kakuta Manny could play in the... Would be more d- dynamic yeah. in the middle. And the wingers are playing more in inside a little. I mean, yeah, he, he might work that way. It's just... There's other th- aspects of him here. A little bit... Not attitude, but... 
But he's, he seems like he's coming in with a different attitude because he's yeah. kind of failed a couple times. You know? Yeah. Yeah, he maybe has realized that he isn't able to go and get this big money deal in Europe. Getting into the US national team's not a, a certainty for him. I think he'll do well in Cincinnati. Yeah. It's kind of weird, though, when you look that Cincinnati's got Matics and Manny now, though. It's just... It just feels strange. Yeah. Speaking of expansion teams, uh, expansion teams that will come out next year, I think. Yeah, next yeah. year. Um, Nashville SC mm. uh, reveal their uh, club colors. It's acoustic blue and electric gold. I, are those things? I, I mean, obviously, did, they are. Did they just put two words together? No, there's there, there's well, so many different colors. You can There's like... Multiple acoustic like purple. You could have easily say acoustic thousand. purple, and folk would just nod. Oh, it kind of looked purple to me. I, I <laughs> thought it was purple <laughs> at first. Yeah, uh, but I, 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 th- I think that I, I don't mind the colors. But I, 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 when I first looked at their um, their crest or whatever it's going to be, the N. It's very strange. I was wondering what that was, and then somebody said they might be headphones because they're well, kind they, of a musical. They're, they're playing thing. up all the music thing because yeah. obviously acoustic and electric guitar. And there was like a lot of sounds going on. Yep. I thought they might They've call themselves the, the Sounders. Hashtag band together. Yeah. That, oh, this, yeah, yeah. Nashville Sounders. Yeah, I thought they would. I thought it's kind of because they have that kind of symbol, but I don't know. The Nashville Trumpeteers. Yeah. No, well, they'll be Nashville SC. Get Honky Tonk Man along. Oh, yeah, supporting them or something like that. Jeff Jarrett. Hmm. I, I like that they've gone with National A- Nashville F- SC. I can't even say it, but I like that they've gone with Nashville SC. I don't know. It's the band together seems weird. Yeah, I guess I guess they're really playing up the music stuff. Maybe they'll play "Listen to the Band" yeah. by Mike Nesmith, another one of my favorite Monkey songs. The, the Champions League got underway. Wasn't that great? Didn't get to see much of it because it's hard to watch in Canada. You got to see the TFC game though. Oh, was that on TV? Here? Yeah, it was. Oh, I didn't actually it was I didn't on know TSN. that. Yeah, TSN. Oh, the rest of it you didn't really get to see anything. Oh, it was a thumping. Uh, oh, uh, Toronto joyful. <laughs> they now, folk are going to say it's because Javinko went, but if you well, if you disintegrate that much from one player leaving, your squad building leaves a lot to be desired. No, it's Javinko, Vasquez, and then they didn't have Altidore playing either. That's three players, bigger players missing. It's but I think I still don't think they should have. Round. But they all had the. I think they had a, the most of their defenders, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. And that that's what it really wasn't a week. Well, obviously it was a week TFC team, but is this a sign of the things to come this season for TFC? Initially, for sure. I think I think they'll they have made a slow the playoffs start. last year. They blamed that on the Champions League, or have they been like, yeah, we want to make the playoffs this year, so screw the Champions League. Let's just not bother with it. And I, I think the. Um, It'll be top. They, they're still in talks with that the guy. I don't like the guy from Belgium who's a uh, I can't remember what Spanish Spanish midfielder from Belgium. He's playing in Belgium right now. I can't remember his name. It's it's a uh, stranger, but they're still in talks with him. So that hasn't even progressed close to a signing yet. So they're still waiting on him. He probably would be the uh, uh, Javinko, uh mm. replacement. But then you the still fans, got, I mean, we talk about will fans here be patient? Will fans there be patient? They're used to success now. Yeah, the Ricketts uh, replacement Terrence Boyd missed sky to penalty <laughs> over the bar. So the dynasty is over, and now that that missed penalty could be crucial because if it was four one, three goals at home with an away goal, that's doable. Yeah, four goals at home just to take it to extra time. That's hard. The Panama Panamanians just need to get one, and then that's definitely lights out. Yeah. 
it didn't go well for Atlanta either. No, this was maybe even a bigger shock, really. 3-1 down to Costa Rican side Herediano. That away goal, though, I think will be big. I could see them easily beating yeah. them 2-0 at, at home. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you have to feel they're going to have enough to get through. Uh, Kansas City won, I think, their game 3-0. Against a, I can't remember. Don't, uh, uh, it was a Mexican side, but was it Toluca? Or? Toluca, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they beat him three 0 So they, I mean, they're they're looking good. Now, finally, in our MLS news, something that I know we like to keep track of. We've <laughs> joked about it. Yeah. The latest going rate for for trades of assets. Now, the latest one, DC traded with Portland. Receiving an international spot, giving up a hundred thousand in twenty nineteen TAM and fifty thousand in twenty twenty GAM. So there, that's your la- well, that, that is the current going I, rate. I believe that's a, well one hundred seventy five because it's the two to one for GAM to TAM. Oh yeah. So it's one hundred seventy five, which is the same what I think uh, Montreal paid. Uh, who was it? Cincinnati? No, Columbus. They picked Columbus, yeah. So it's kind of similar to that, what they had there. Always fun to see these bizarre trades. I yeah. just don't know why they don't make it easier. Well, we asked, remember we asked uh, yeah. Craig Anderson, and this is some people in MLS, within MLS, kind of do want a simple yeah. uh, thing. And every, everyone can see what everyone's got. Yeah. Well, a, no, that's true. But no, I asked him that, dude, is there some people, is there talks that, you know, to get away with this, get rid of this gamut tam and just have a simple, straightforward, you know, set cap and you just play under there and you could do the DP still, but you don't have to do all this tam and gap. He said, yes, yeah, some people do want that. You, you have to feel the bigger clubs would. Oh, I mean, yeah. It would be the lower spenders that, that might kind of struggle a little bit. Moving on to CPL news. We have fixtures, as in plural. Not full season, though. No. That's coming this week. Next week, yeah. Every team's home opener has been announced. The big one for us, Pacific FC, kicking things off against Halifax Wanderers. Sunday, April 28th, 4 o'clock kickoff. Caps playing the 27th, so excellent to have this on the Sunday. I'm thinking of going over for it. Don't know if you fancy a little day trip I before, might, the, might before the show. Yeah, Zach's talking about going over as well. I just hope we get a good ferry ride. Yeah, that's, that's my the... worry that we go over for it and then we can't get back over or yeah. something. But it should be a fantastic occasion. I'm really looking forward to it. Only four of the seven teams, though, are going to be in action that opening weekend. We already knew about the, the Forge-York game and now the second game on that opening weekend is Pacific versus Halifax. Why would you only have four of your teams in action? I don't know. I'm That's not sure just about bizarre. That. Like I thought they would have started on Friday yeah. with the first game, do the second Saturday, game Saturday, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, why not do that? And then then you've got six of your teams in action. One obviously would have to have sat out anyway. I I don't know. That's just very very weird to me. Or at least have two on the Sunday. Yeah, you don't want to have two on the Saturday because it's the historic league opener. Have two on the Sunday, one in the East, one in the West. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it just maybe it's stadiums weren't available. I really the wish they had that. Or... I really wish they had that eighth team. It just make everything so oh, much yeah, more simple. Yeah, it would have been. It's just weird. The full schedule is coming out this week. I was thinking it wasn't ideal with with two months ago that we didn't have it, but then I kind of started thinking, you know what? The MLS schedule came out with just under two months to go because it's starting earlier this year. So 
I don't, everyone's just eager to see it. Yeah. And it, it feels to, like to, it's late and coming out, but really it isn't. Everybody wants to just set their schedule of people who want to travel and everything. Yeah. So they're, they're antsy about that. Everyone's a bit impatient about it. Then the the big announcement, watched it in my, my lunch hour earlier this week, the Media Pro deal, 10-year deal with Media Pro for broadcasting rights and production. I've got to say, I feel this was one of the worst ever announcement streams I've ever watched. Just the stream itself. Yeah. In yeah. Te- well, in terms of the first 10 minutes of it, I had no idea what the hell was going on. I'm, so I hadn't read the press release. No, but I read the... Uh, I think it was the press release or the article that went with it, and I wasn't 100% sure even with that, like, what was going on. Then they played what felt like a 40-minute video. It wasn't, but it felt like a 40-minute video focusing on how they prepared for the El Clasico game in La Liga, and I'm like, what are we, is Pacific playing Barcelona and Real Madrid in a friendly? I think they just wanted to show how they set yeah. it up. So that's I, the, I have the, no the interest in, in Spanish football whatsoever. That just I turned it off. I was bored shitless by that. No, I, I think what they wanted to show was the quality that they, how they're going to produce the yeah. thing so that so people it, can it see how it is. It was bizarre. I know. It was just... It is a 10-year deal, though. Yeah. I still is, don't fully understand it. I've read a couple of articles and... Well, uh, what what media... I think media pro... They're, 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 it's almost like an extension of some now like they'll be doing the media for uh for uh cpl Mm. so basically they're gonna be uh finding different platforms it's i think they'll actually more do the uh uh, ott platforms which is like digital desktop uh, other devices and stuff like that so i think they'll be doing that and then they'll be licensing out the tv the regular TV ones, yeah. too, like TSN. Yeah, we might see or... one game a week on one of the big players. Yeah. And then there'll be a specific, a specific channel that we can pay to watch the other games on. Oh, is that what they yeah. said? See, that's what I didn't get. I either. don't know how big a demand there is for a spe- specific pay channel. But Media Sport, Media Pro are tied in with Bein. They own Bein Sports. So, so maybe hopefully they... it ends up in Bein, which will make yeah. it on zone, and then... Everyone will be happy that, that's got that. Yeah. Me, basically. I just want to be able to see it free or as part of something that I, I already pay for. A great aspect of it, though, is it gives stability to the league because they've signed a 10-year deal and it's a big money deal. So the early worries that financially the league might not be stable, I think I kind of put aside a little bit. Yeah, now. for sure. And the thing is they, they liked it because they I think they've, they've said that there's only usually a two, three-year deal when most times. And this is the first time they've ever had 10 years, so they can kind of grow it. There were some more player signings announced this week. The, the biggest one, from our point of view, Marcel de Jong, officially unveiled at Pacific FC, one of the worst-kept secrets everyone knew it was coming. <laughs> Still so many players, though, that some teams have to add. Forge only have eight players signed. And they're picking off the team. Yeah. Edmonton and York nearly have their full rosters. They're on 18. Cavalry and Halifax have 15, Valor have 12, but Pacific just have 11. So a wild variance there. It's just... The roster's going to be like 23, right? I'm, I'm mistaken. That was... 20 to 23 was yeah. the figures that were get, getting thrown out. And it looks like Halifax are making another international announcement as well this week. So that'll take them up to 16. Pacific FC had a meet and greet this week, which went down really well. It was confirmed that they're going to kick their pre-season off on Friday, March 1st. They're going to be training in Victoria. There's going to be a camp in Tofino and an international trip, which we've heard from a couple of people now 
it looks like all the teams might be going to Dominica. All the CPL teams? Mm. Oh, wow. As a, as a little pre-season joint. Now, that's nice. That's not bad. I might even consider that myself. Or <laughs> Tofino. One yeah. or the other. Very similar places. Tofino's really nice. Pacific FC are going to have some games lined up against some local sides as well. So, I'd love it to play some games over here just from a selfish point of view. But, obviously, that doesn't make too, too much sense. So, two months to go, or about two months to go to the CPL season kicks off. How are you feeling about everything right now? I'm still cautious. Like I know there's like a lot of months to go. They they'll be bringing in players. Maybe they're just trying to figure out um, who they can bring in. They don't have a transfer window either. I think at this point, do they? Or they have, I I don't recall any transfer window know. for the. This maybe is what we needed Zach here. Yeah, he's listening. He can let us know. Yeah. Uh, but kind of cautious. I, I I like the media pro, even though I didn't understand it right away. I like the media pro announcement. At least they have that thing going. Um, I I know they want to. Uh, the the reason why they're we're not getting announcements all at once, and we're not finding out everything, because they kind of got to roll it out, so we, they can kind of stay in everybody's ears and uh, in front of everybody's eyes on the on the screen and everything. So they kind of want to stay relevant, and they if they announce everything at once, then people are going to forget about them, and there won't be any kind of articles on them. Yeah, that, they that, want to stay relevant. That's true. It's like dripping it out yeah. fantastically, but at the same time, folk are just impatient and. I'm still excited by it. I still have some concerns about the quality and whether they're going to get the numbers that they want. As the season goes on, especially if teams are maybe struggling, is your casual soccer watcher going to to spend their summer going to these games? That's one of the big questions and we'll, we'll get that answered soon enough. But that is it for this part. We will be back with our final part of tonight's show after this. Hi, I'm Marcel de Jong, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Metric there. I I need to listen to them more. Every time I hear Metric songs, I really love them. I think this is a new release. I think they them. did Monster Hospital as well, which was a, a great song. Well, I was at Canadian, but I'm pretty sure it was Metric. I, I, I just not discovered them, but I, I learned of them. Uh, uh, what was it? Pilgrim, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh. They had that song. That was a great film. Yeah. The one that Brie Larson uh, played in the um, with her vegan boyfriend. And uh, th- that was the one I, I heard the first time. I found it was Metric that played it, and I liked actually liked their version better. Yeah, definitely to, to play some more of them on the show. You are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM, the only soccer show on Vancouver Radio, at least till Tuesday. When <laughs> Sportsnet starts their one with JJ Adams and Dan Riccio. We'll still be the longest-running soccer show on Vancouver Radio and the only soccer show on FM Radio. And depending on how long their show is, maybe the only one that's two hours. Yes. Or in our case, two hours. And then bed, whatever yeah, we end up going over, over yeah. which I'm pretty sure we're going to do tonight as well. 
But a couple of just housekeeping things. We've had some messages in. Zach has sent us a couple of texts. CPL do have a transfer window. Two of them, in fact. He hasn't got the dates at hand, but they, they do have transfer windows. I thought I'd read that, but I wasn't 100% certain. Yeah. Angus Walker, he went back to our Whitecaps coffee and tea things. And I don't know how we forgot this. Red Rose Tea oh, for Andy Rose. That makes sense. Yes. Fantastic. Anyway, now it's time for our second of our Wavelength songs tonight and our second song paying tribute to Bobby Moore, who died on this day in 1993. This is a, a song by a band that's featured a lot in Wavelength, The Business. This is from their 1994 album Keep the Faith. And this is Viva Bobby Moore. Bobby Moore, Viva Bobby Moore. Bobby Moore, Viva Bobby Moore. Viva, Viva, Viva Bobby Moore. Viva, Bobby Moore's the ball machine. Everybody knew they'd seen a sensation, a sensation. A sensation Hear what I'll say now West Ham to England's Wembley They knew it might just maybe Turn into the best they'd ever knew Told people how to play The football game including Pele Said that he was the best he'd ever seen Bobby Moore, Viva Bobby Moore Bobby Moore, Viva Bobby Moore Viva, Viva Viva Bobby Moore, Viva Bobby Moore, Viva Bobby Moore Bobby Moore, Viva Bobby Moore Viva, Viva Viva Bobby Moore, Viva Number six was all he knew He was the best in red, white and blue to be the captain of the crew Big and Bauer looking off You say the only could not score A sensation A sensation Hear what I say now Bobby Moore, Fever, Bobby Moore Bobby Moore, Fever, Bobby Moore Fever, 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 Bobby Moore Bobby Moore, Viva Bobby Moore Bobby Moore, Viva Bobby Moore Viva, Viva Bobby Moore, indeed. R.I.P. Bobby Moore. The business was this on behalf of West Ham, this song? Or? No, just oh. the, it, more from the England aspect yeah. of it, because 
because he was big for them. If anyone hasn't seen the... It's a three-part drama series called Tina and Bobby. It's just a kind of biopic. Oh, really? T- Made-for-TV biopic um, in the UK, just charting his his life and career and his long-term marriage with, with his wife, Tina. Fantastic viewing, three-part series by ITV. Check that out. Something else to check out is bcsoccerweb.com, which means it's time now for BC Soccer Web Headlines. And BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news, stories, links and a lot more beside. Make it part of your daily routine, morning and night. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. What was catching your eye in the site this week, Steve? Uh, a couple of things. Uh, we have a couple of uh, follow-ups. Um, IFAB. Um, you we are talk- fab, Steve, because <laughs> you picked me up tonight. Um, uh, IFAB, which is, deals with uh, the rules of football and everything like that, uh, they are. We talked about them before that they were looking into uh, to the handball rule, except uh, uh, the away goal rule and stuff like that. They've announced that they are going to be clarifying the handball definition next week. They are going to clarify it uh, basically to kind of take out the gr- reduce the gray areas that they that or they hope. Yeah, well, e- even when they do clarify stuff, it's like they're still. Oh, anyway. the, the, well, the group's technical director, Dave Ellery, said that the new text will clarify those situations where players can expect contact with the arms to be penalized and where they can expect not to be penalized. Um, it will reduce, significantly reduce the gray areas around handball, and we will be identifying those areas where non-deliberate contact will be penalized and where it won't be. It's obviously still deliberate handball will be penalized. So th- yeah. that's still going to be happening, but they're talking about non-deliberate. I mean, where every week you see games and you're like, how's that not a handball? Or how was that a handball? And I don't know. Um, uh, some news from Singapore. Uh, a player who's actually signed, a Singapore international, was signed with Fulham, um, is missing his compulsory military service, something that Huang uh, uh, well, yeah, was able to get. Yeah, a lot, lot of countries. Huang... Well, so, did his six months and then he was released from it. Well, because he won the gold medal. Yeah. And and um, Ben Davis is facing now up to three years of prison and fines as well. Um, only a handful of people have met the criteria of deferment, including a swimmer who won gold at 2016 Olympics, the first ever. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Like the, 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 there so is a way to he, get out. He should have joined you, a better club than Fulham. Yeah. Oh, no. I think he has to win something with Singapore in order to do it. Though. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not going to happen. He has to bring glory to the country in order to get out of military service. He joined Fulham. That's glory. <laughs> it's in the Premier League. Um, I, I, I agree with that, though. I, uh, I mean, that, top flight football. I, I don't a think Singapore there's very player. Yeah, I don't think there's very many Singapore players out there making it. Um, Manchester City is going to be adding a third tier Chinese club to their global portfolio. Uh, I at this point, if Zach was here, we would have heard a murmur. Uh, he's not a big fan of this. They purchased a third tier. I'm not either. Sichuan Jin Nui. And it's basically, the, this is going to be addition to the clubs, obviously in New York, uh, New York City FC, Australia, Japan, Spain, and Uruguay. And I didn't know that. I knew, 
knew about New York and Australia. I'm not a hundred percent sure I knew about the others. I didn't even I I I didn't know about them either. But I didn't look them up. Unfortunately, I'll, I'll look them up for next week and we'll do a follow up on that. But that that the article said that the, the, I didn't realize they had so many clubs. Maybe no. they're lower level clubs, and so they're not as prominent like this third tier team. Mm. But this third it's team- a way to to move players about, or it can be used as a mechanism for moving players about and getting out with certain areas and yeah. transfer fees and stuff. Exactly. Like, the, for example, that uh, Romanian guy who's going to be coming here, he could be just, it could be like a, a stepping stone for him to go to the main club. Mm. Um, North American soccer, Conca- we, we talked about uh, Carlos Codero last yeah, week. Yeah, you revealed uh, almost breaking news. Well, yeah, because luckily it was on the, on, I saw it that day. Well, but- actually, one of the, the New York, sorry, one of the Man City teams was is Girona in Spain. That's where Zach Steffen might be going on loan. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, Concacaf is actually rejecting Carlos Cadera's comments about last week, saying the future of the Gold Cup is in doubt. Uh, in in a release, they said uh, they want to clarify that it's fully committed to Concacaf Gold Cup and confirms that 2019-2021, which we said last week, but they yeah. also added 2023 editions are part of the FIFA calendar. Additionally, once the new FIFA calendar is produced. After 2023, Concacaf will continue organization of the pinnacle event of their confederation. So I, it I seem genuinely like they're don't have any problems if it stops, but I'm not from round here, so yeah. I don't know how much people are attached to it. I genuinely don't think they are. I think the the, the problem is that the reason why maybe not people are attached to it is because it's always been played in the US. Yeah. And that could be it. Like, that's why nobody... But I, I think other Concacaf countries will play in it no matter what. And... Those some a lot of those countries we talked about Canada might not even make the joint uh, tournament that they're talking about unless they add way more teams. Uh, we talked about Media Pro for the CPL. Uh, Disney's uh, sports streaming uh, platform is adding third tier soccer to this North America portfolio. It's basically uh, whoever they signed their contract with. They're like the the middlemen. I don't I can't remember who the company was, but they they got them on ESPN Plus. And now, essentially, more than 700 live games across the USL Championship and USL League One will be played. Uh, I mean, played on their that platform. If only they can add USL League Two, and then my commentary will be on ESPN Plus. It might Let's be push down for the, that. Might be down the road. You never know. Uh, Liga MX president uh, interested in North American League with MLS. We talked about this again before too, but uh, this is Santos Laguna Alejandro Irigori. Says for me, Mex- for me, the similarities that Mexico has with the North, the United States, uh, are greater than towards the South, which I'm assuming is South America or Central America. Um, and I'm a loyal believer that we should consolidate our alliance with MLS and make really a strong league that compete with Asia and Europe or anywhere. That I know it's just one president, but I think mm-hmm. he's. Uh, there are other presidents that are are interested in that. In uh, uh, Liga MX, I don't know how interested MLS is because that would really because they want to put like twenty eight teams. How big is this league going to be, or is there going to be relegation? Well, at that then point? you'd be looking at tiers. You'd be looking at promotion relegation. Yeah. That aspect appeals. Playing some top Mexican teams appeals. But what if what if like I don't know if how, how quality is top to bottom for Liga MX. Is it going to be like? You know, if it's a 20-league team, is it going to be 15 Mexican teams and only five North American teams or something like that? Because I don't know if MLS wants that then. Would the American team struggle at free kicks? Could they build a wall? <laughs> don't know. Uh, India 11. Uh, we, we, uh, again, another article we talked about last week. 
their deal that they want to build a stadium, but there's a couple of tie-ins that the uh, the government has put in there. They need to come up with twenty percent of their uh, of the cost, which is about one hundred fifty million, and the team has to be MLS, so they have to be guaranteed an MLS expansion team, and with so many spots, unless they're going to expand to thirty two. Or like Zach was talking about last week, yeah. I don't know if it that's going to happen. It doesn't jump out as a as a destination. They should join the CPL. Then we could have India eleven against York nine. Yeah. Um. So news from Canada. Uh, Canada Soccer Hall of Fame is going to be inducting players, uh, past Canadian players from yeah, the forties, fifties, and sixties. Twelve players are going to be inducted on into the Canadian Soccer Hall of Fame on March twenty fourth, which is the friendly, uh, which is Canada. Um. You got Jim Blundell and Gary Stevens from Firefighters FC. Bobby Smith and Gino Vazel, oh sorry, Vazeler, yeah Vazeler, of Columbus FC will be joined by Regina's Jim Blundell on that day. Uh, they're the only five surviving members of that group. Uh, posthumously, will be uh, inducted Harry Phillips from Toronto, Bill Gill from Montreal, Frank Ambler, Eddie Back, Don Matheson, Bobby Newbold, and Jackie Went from Vancouver. Yeah, from reading a little bit of the stuff that was sent out and just stuff that I've read before, the battles between firefighters and FC and Columbus FC in the 40s and 50s and 60s was just epic in local football circles. And 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 both teams still survive today in various sort of incarnations. And the thing is, if you look at it here, only three of these guys are from outside of Vancouver area which tells you how strong Vancouver soccer was back in the day, like how much they contributed. Oh, it was. And it's kind well, you of... you even have to just look at the 86 Canadian World Cup team, yeah. how many were like BC And, and it's just and gone downhill. And Well, I don't know if it's gone downhill, but maybe some people... Well, it seems to have. Well, Ontario's definitely surpassed, for sure. Edmonton as well. Yeah. Look how many players they produce. Well, they got a... The, the, uh, talking about the Canadian national team, they got a boost. Uh, former Portuguese yeah. midfielder, Stefan... Estuquio, <laughs> I'm not sure if you ever got that right. I was reading that, going, "This is going to be fun." Yeah. Um, well, he's he's committed to playing for Canada now. He's currently playing for Cruz Azul, but it was hurt in his debut and is kind of out for the year, uh, so he won't be returning to action until September. Uh, but he has switched to uh, the national team after getting seven caps with the U21 Portugal side. Um, he moved to Portugal when he was 11, but did attend a U17 camp for Canada at a 50, as a 15 year old. He he plays. Uh, the DM role, like the uh, John Arisi number six role, but he can, he's able to slide up. And uh, Herdman was talking about that he could kind of take over for uh, Atiba Hutchinson when he mm. when he uh, moves on. Because Atiba looks like he can play forever, but eventually he's going to have to stop playing. Yeah, great. Another player joining the, the Canadian program, building such a good pool of players. And the thing is with transfer market, we were talking about that before, right? They have evaluation of all the Canadian players as well. He would basically be tied for third in the evaluation behind Alfonso Davies and Junior Horlet. Wow! So he, I think, he's tied with uh, partly. I, I guess though, because he's playing in Liga MX. He, yeah, Borian is the other guy who's the same rate as similar, and Lucas Cavallini is is the other one. Wow! So those uh, that, that that's interesting. That, that's a big boost if you think of it that way. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. So, uh, last bit of news here on the Canada side. Um, looks like uh, 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 there was a parent story that came out that Alfonso Davies was not good enough uh, for the first team and he was going to be dropped to the U23s. Uh, it, it came out like through 
uh, who's it? Peter Peter Galindo had an article on Sportsnet. Yeah, it was on who, who, Build, I think. Uh, well, that was the or original. Build, yeah, originally, yeah. yeah. And then and then uh, the Bayern Munich uh, Sports uh, SB Nation uh, group, they, yeah. they kind of put it up. And then Peter Bavarian uh, football blog or something. Yeah, had and then it Peter well. Galindo from uh, Sportsnet kind of linked to that. The problem is, is that if you look at the original article. There is no mention of they heard it from somebody. Like mm. there's no sources or anything like that. They're just assuming because he was dropped to U23 that now he's not good enough. Yeah. And and the and the thing is is uh, luckily for us, uh, uh, Manuel. Uh, Manuel Veth. Yeah. He from, does, he's over in in Germany at the moment. Yeah. He, he does he, great stuff. I think he actually talked to the coach or something. I didn't read the article because it came out just as we were coming over. Yeah. Here. I know. I haven't had a chance to read it. I just saw the basic folk talking about it. But yeah. But it's, it's been de- kind of debunked. debunked. Yeah. They said that he just wanted him to get some playing time because he, he. Which is what yeah. we expected when he yeah. went over. We expected he would see a lot of time in the under 23s at first. Yeah. And the concern was that because they said, oh, he's too good. For, he's better than all the U23s. Yeah. He was on the bench for the match on Saturday. If he wasn't good enough. He wouldn't be making the game day squad. Exactly. And and they were thinking, oh, because Kingsley Coleman's injured and yeah. uh, Ribery was out, then why didn't he get in then if he was so good? And, and it's, it's just a lot of people... And it, I, I, the Blind article is just lazy journalism for me. It's like... And then the uh, the fact that the Bayern, the Bayern Munich SB Nation... Like, Peter's just assuming that, that the thing... But you got to double-check in it. Luckily, Manuel was able to debunk it quickly because... People were having uh, heart attacks or whatever. Yeah. The thing is, they didn't want anybody loaned out. Like, he, he was assured he was going to be loaned yeah. out, but nothing about dropping to U20. No, I mean, I, I expected that. Yeah. Anyway, who cares? We've got the money now. Yeah. <laughs> that is it, though, for this week's show. Thank you, everyone, for listening at home, in the car, wherever you are. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. I'm Michael McCoy. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada, on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. Leave us a review and a rating on iTunes, that would be fantastic. And give us a follow on YouTube. AFTN Canada is our YouTube channel. Follow and subscribe. Read all our stuff as well on Away From The Numbers, AFTN.ca. We've got a busy week coming up on the site, lots of stuff coming up for this season opener and other things as well. And our preview podcast will be back this week. Looking forward to the Minnesota game. But until next week, thank you for listening. Enjoy the home opener that's coming up at this weekend. We will be back next Sunday with a special episode because it's part of CITR's Fun Drive. Yes. More information about that will be on the website and we'll talk about it on next week's show. Until then, take care and mon the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Ten minutes left. Yeah,